Hi, I'm Peter, and you're listening to Defining Boundaries. Welcome back to Season 2. I hope that you enjoyed the past year of conversations from amazing people from around the world within our geospatial community. This year, I look forward to many more conversations, and I hope that you join me on my journey, surveying the world one story at a time. Head over to my Patreon site if you'd like to support the show. You can make a donation towards the purchase and upgrading of equipment, website subscription, and file hosting. If you'd like to join me to have a chat, or you have someone in particular from the industry that you'd like to hear about, send me a message. You'll find the link in the show notes or in my bio on all social media and my website, petercox.com. So if you're ready, let's go. Grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. My guest today is Michael Hatton. And in typical Aussie style, he's also known as Mick. He has been in the surveying industry for 26 years and for the past nearly 18 years, he has been the director of TSS Total Survey Solutions, a 100% Indigenous-owned company. Mick has travelled, has had a travelled life. Born in Northern Territory's Tennant Creek, he has spent his years travelling Australia and the world, from Darwin to Wagga, England, Perth and Sydney that I know of. He is a board member of the Indigenous Chamber of Commerce has won the Indigenous Biz Biz of the Year Award, tongue twister, and is a great advocate for the Indigenous community. And with a love for the land, growing up, he wanted to be a farmer. While in his spare time, he spends quality time with his kids, travelling and loves AFL. Thanks for joining me today, Michael, or Mick. Thank (laughs) Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you for the the opportunity. You're welcome. So... um, Northern Territory boy. Yes, um, born in Tennant Creek mm-hmm. um, and then uh, gypsied between Tennant Creek and Darwin. I think by the time I got to high school, I'd been to about okay. eight or nine different schools. But wow. That's the way it was, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the early 80s mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, but uh, that was good fun. Yeah. Good fun moving be- around. Different, uh, different lifestyle growing up in the Red Centre and Northern Australia, I'd say, than oh. someone. Well, I suppose I was a country girl, but Look, probably not it, that. It was awesome. Um, mm. You know, at the moment we got lots of rain, kind of monster, like they're, uh, you know, it's humid and raining in the afternoon and wet season in Darwin. Mm. You know, you're running around, um, you know, in your shorts playing <laughs> tip while it's torrential rain, but the torrential rain's 30 degrees. And yes. it's it's not like we get here the cold rain. No, you you uh, you know when you're a seven or eight year old, like mm. oh, what's a bit of water. Mm-hmm. So uh, so no, it was it was a yeah wonderful place to grow up and and uh, you know none of the restrictions that we kind of learn of today as a kid. Oh. We're all worried about our kid oh, walking to the bus stop. So. It's so yeah, different, no, it was, isn't it? <laughs> it is home home by uh, you know lights or darkness <laughs> yeah that's really the street lights by the time mm-hmm. the street lights come on you've got to be home uh yeah all that kind of stuff so yeah. uh no i think i actually lived through a couple of cyclones up there as well oh, um wow. that was pretty interesting yeah um but yeah so that uh, was a good good life and then we um moved over to townsville and i did uh half a year seven in townsville and and the um the the recession hit 
in 88 that we had to have. Um, I think it was preceded by the pilot strike, so the economy was already um, starting to struggle a bit. And then my uh, stepdad thought it would be a good idea to go and join the Air Force. Oh, okay. And that was just a bit of a curveball. And then we get, <laughs> as part of being in the armed forces, you get sent to places you don't necessarily choose to go. Yep. We yep. got sent to this place called Wagga Wagga. Where is like, that? Where is that? <laughs> is that down near Brisbane or something? And uh, no. next, thing, next thing you know, it's, um, uh, it's, it's just a different world in Wagga than living in the tropics and in the oh, north. So yes. uh, we got Completely. to experience, you get to experience, you know, minus five in the winters mm -hmm. and the wind chill factors coming off the snow and all that mm. crazy stuff. But um, even that, yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. I've still got a, a, a fairly strong group of mates that I, oh, uh, nice. that I keep in touch with. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so uh, did you finish year 12 in Wagga? Yeah, I finished year 12 in Wagga and, and uh, I was, had my heart set on becoming an accountant. I was reasonably good at maths. And then uh, one of my mates, his dad was a surveyor for um, uh -huh. one of the government departments down there. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be a surveyor. And I was like, what's this surveying stuff? And, and so as you do after year 12, you, you, you know, it was a bit of sitting around time. And I thought I might ring a few surveyors in Wagga and see if I can go and do a, a week's work experience. And I rang up Terry Hinchcliffe, uh -huh. whom I've connected with, connected with um, over the last few years. Nice. And Terry's like, yeah, Mick, um, not a problem. And I, you know, I put my hand up for working for free. So he took oh. me as <laughs> but anything it, to save a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Most surveyors are like that. Um, and so I ended up doing a rural survey out at Tamora. Um, I think an ident survey. The Wagga Bridge was getting constructed at the mm -hmm. time. We went out and set out some footings. And awesome. it was like in a week I got you know fantastic cadastral oh, stuff like yeah. looking at a burnt out tree as a reference mark oh. um <laughs> it was just it was epic and i was like oh, this is the best and um and it and it still is i love surveying um and and i got to see a bit of construction and and you yep. know the run of the mill stuff and ident survey and uh and so i was like bugger the accounting stuff <laughs> had you enrolled in any accounting courses or anything or you were still yeah i had out? for, for yeah. uni and for tafe i had okay and uh and then and i think i actually even got accepted into the navy oh, um gosh. because i'd done a bit of pre-testing for that as you kind of come through year 12 yeah. um what also um dictated where i was going i was reasonably good at soccer and i got a um I got an opportunity to get paid to play soccer in Sydney, and um, at the pretty end of pretty cool year at that at that age. It it yeah. was pretty cool, and um, and my parents uh, decided that it was time to get out of the air force and and uh, relocate to this place called Perth. <laughs> and I uh, went over to Perth with them, and and then uh, and then promptly got on a bus. And uh, came back all came back on the other side of the the good side of the country. You don't um, like Perth, Western Australia? Well, Perth, no? Perth's all right. I, I did live there for two years. Um, it's like one of the windiest places in the world. Yeah. Um, nice people. Uh, yeah, it's 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 it's. I mean, I liken it to living in Wagga or in a Dubbo or an Orange or a, or a Tamworth. It's a big country town. 
and uh, I, uh, because I had a bit of an opportunity to play soccer in Sydney and yeah. I thought I was going to play for Australia and Manchester United and all that stuff. And you soon enough realise that you're not that good. Um, say what happened. <laughs> yeah. but, I've um, done the rep thing and we walked away. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, uh, um, yeah, Perth's a nice place, but it's, it's uh, I think uh, I, I've been back to visit. I ended up um, probably living there um, about 20 years ago for a couple of years. Yep. And it's, uh, it's just a little bit too slow. I like I yeah. like the Sydney lifestyle. I've, I yes, I come from the country and all that, but I, I like the go 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 of the city, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and that's I suppose yeah, me in general as well. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you did that and you went to TAFE. Yes, I uh, I spent a year working at actually really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, how funny how things come back around. I I um pursuing soccer and I needed to just get a get something that brought some money in I, I got some uh, work at Prince of Wales Hospital in Randwick okay. and then ended up um, hanging around the eastern suburbs a bit and that's a good story because now we're doing all the work there for Lem Lease for the expansion of um, Prince of Wales Hospital you know right. 25 years later so it's pretty cool to be yeah to be back, back yeah back here and contributing to um yeah, to the improvement. But mm. um, yes, went to TAFE and uh, TAFE was phenomenal. Um, and I, I find it, you know, even we were talking a little bit before this about how you've, you've touched, you've been involved with so many people. Um, the TAFE teachers, you know, probably don't necessarily realise what an impact um, no. similar to university students um, and, and this you know, this is where the even talking to you about your um, your Peter survey school. I would like to send my guys into the classroom rather than online, because um, you know Peter Cook, um, Peter Dunn, um, amazing Grant, Grant Kilpatrick. Yeah. Um, you know Grant Kilpatrick of God you know his God, soul was God bless amazing. his soul. Yeah. I've still got a picture of him up in the wall in. Um, and you know, I had I had a fantastic connection with him, and I remember Peter mm-hmm. Cook. I've come to one of the survey schools on a uh, the exercises on a Saturday morning. I don't think I'd been to sleep from the night before, and I was <laughs> not in the best shape. I was right to be driving, and uh, you know, I sat down with Pete and talked to him about some girl that I met last night that you know was like out of this world, and I ended up marrying that girl and. Oh, oh wow! And, and and you know, having three kids and a fantastic yeah. um, time, and and uh, and so you know, there's Peter Cook sitting me down as a son. Uh, we're doing an ident survey on his house, yeah, and, yeah. and he's <laughs> giving me advice about about women and about you know <laughs> girlfriends and stuff. So um, I remember so many times that TAFE was TAFE was awesome. My best mate um, who works at um, Daly's Beverage Williams now, Dan Pollitt. I met him there. He's my best mate. He was my best man at my wedding. Um, oh, so so TAFE, cool. has, TAFE had a lot of positive stories. At some, mm. But I think it's important to have, you know, um, Jeff Lovell as well was, an, was a big one. I know sometimes yeah. we used to. So do you know you, you started in 95? 
was it? I think. Yeah, it was 95. Yeah. yeah. So that 95, I was in my second year then at TAFE. Yeah. So yeah okay. You were starting and I was finishing. <laughs> it, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, we were always getting up to a bit of mischief, but um, it, you know what? And 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 I suppose even just as a uh, a thing for the survey school is we found it regularly more beneficial to listen to stories that they had, yes, yep. rather than listening to you know one plus one equals one or mm-hmm. one plus one equals oh! one. there you go. <laughs> One plus one equals two. We actually found. What you say? Gen- You're good at maths. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, lots of the other guys at TSS are. Um, <laughs> and but it's it's it was those stories. Yeah. That were, you know, were so were so invaluable and 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 laid the foundation. Thank you very much for the theory and and whatnot. Mm. But um, mm. you know, surveying's as much about communicating with people as it is actually doing what you're doing. People have got to understand. Um, and, yeah, so, so the TAFE, was, TAFE was fantastic. After TAFE, I, um, I, uh, I started doing the, the USQ course externally mm-hmm. um, and probably got, you know, halfway, three parts of the way through that and uh, and, you know, eventually decided that, uh, I'd started to get into business. Yeah, yeah. And um, God bless those registered surveyors out there that run survey businesses. You all <laughs> deserve a badge because it's 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 hard enough being a registered surveyor. Let God alone. Forbid, God yeah. forbid you then need to deal with HR issues, mm-hmm. with accounting issues, with debtors, people that don't pay bills, you know. Um, all the fun stuff of a, of running a business. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's complicated, and and I think I kind of um, got a bit of a sense of that as I was doing the uni, and I'm like, I have to learn this, and I have to learn that, and mm-hmm. and I'd already had a um, my my ex wife and I'd already had a couple of beauty salons, and I was like, hang on a second, and I've got to know marketing and advertising and QA, and hang on a second. Yeah. So um, I ended up uh, stopping the the university course and. Yeah. So did you did you first choose to go to uni because you were going to be a registered surveyor? You wanted is that what you wanted I think to it, start off with? Yeah. I think it I think it was. And I I'd had a considerable amount of um experience doing cadastral surveys. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. probably more than doing engineering surveys. I during TAFE I worked with Michael Steins at Bondi Junction. Yeah. Yep. Now Part of working with Michael Steins was you needed to go and do your own searching in it. Um, How fun was that? <laughs> you know what? It wasn't always fun because you'd, you'd get <laughs> back to Michael and Chris Chris Thompson, Tomo, you'd get back there and you go, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> and, and and you know, you've got two old heads there just looking at you, going, shaking their head. And, and, and so it's so much easier now with it all online. But... Uh, mm. I remember doing a survey, it sticks out at Carrington Street at Charing Cross near Bondi Junction and opposite Queen's Park. There's a bend in Carrington Street. You can see it. Do you think I could find a plan that said where it was and the angle that it was? (laughs) And I think Michael ended up going into into the titles office himself and searching it up and, um, and I think we 
yeah, he couldn't find it. And we got, I think it was like Dutton and Tanko. There's a name that just comes to mind. God. They used they used to do some searching in there, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's who we used to use. The, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh so but that was an invaluable experience to to go in there, but it was also nerve-wracking because mm. um if you can appreciate that you've got a job to do, we're gonna do it on Friday. You know, today is a Wednesday. You're going to go in there this afternoon and search it. We've got work on tomorrow. I didn't find the plan or I couldn't. I, I got this plan and this plan. Yeah, but what about that plan and that plan? Because we've got to the job on Friday and we don't have them. Yeah. So that meant going back to the titles office on a Monday. Well, I've got TAFE Monday. Oh, we'll go back Tuesday. <laughs> and so it, it it wasn't like you could jump on a laptop in, you know, in your um your passenger seat and jump on, you know, and and download a plan or ring someone in the office. So, so different now, isn't it? So different. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so I had a considerable amount of experience doing uh, cadastral work. Even mm. I, towards the end of the 90s, was the concentration of IDENT surveys. So, I think now we've got in, there's insurance and people don't need to get on IDENT surveys. But towards the end of the 90s, there was a requirement that every property had to have an IDENT survey no older than three years when it got sold. Yeah. It had to be part of the conveyancing documents. So I think um, I was working for a company at Camden then and, and we would, it was like, I think it was like two crews. And we went out and did IDENT surveys all day. Um, all across the city and so um, when you've got that concentrated uh, you know workflow so it it and I came to understand working with Michael Steins and and Chris Thompson and uh, I come to understand how to define a boundary and uh, you know check ox and 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 whatnot so we were used to taping a 30 meter tape between ox and doing ox fixes so um, so yes I did want to become anymore. Yeah, and I did want to become a registered surveyor. Um, and you know what? I probably wouldn't mind still doing it because um, it's a fantastic career and um, I suppose in an environment where I've got young guys growing. So there's mm. there's always a requirement for me to kind of step away and let somebody else run it. Run it. So, um, you know, I remember talking with oh, Chris, who is it up in Newcastle, and they've got like the oldest firm in Newcastle up there. I can't remember what it's called, but oh, like. Yes, I know Chris Norton. you're talking about. Um, Is it Chris, Chris Norton? Maybe. And, maybe. and his, I think his dad's up there and, and his dad was still working with him. And maybe five years ago, I was connected with him a bit more, but mm-hmm. he was um, 82 and a registered surveyor and still practising. Um, don't die. In, in, in <laughs> Melbourne. In Melbourne, we've been working with a registered surveyor there, and I think he's 80. Oh, and no. it's conceivably a job that you can do um, till, you're, till you're 80 years old. So, um, you know, I probably wouldn't mind end up, um, you know, getting, you know, going, getting, getting qualified and going down the path. But, um, but yeah, no, it's a, wow. it's a, it's so, a good job. I mean, with everything you've got, that's a pretty big thing to to think about I mean I I struggled probably for the last five years do I don't I do I don't I do I go back to uni get my degree become registered and I don't know I kind of went I'm nearly 50 
<laughs> do I really yeah, want but to do the, that? <laughs> the, the thing is, you're going to live to your 100. And, and I think lots of us don't actually understand. We're going to live to our 100. Like there's advancements in med medicine. There's things that we know about food. Um, you know, lots of us are vegan, vegetarian, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. not having cow's milk, having um, almond milk. Like we've changed over to almond milk. It's just divine. But there's so many other, there's so many advancements in education around health. Like we're going to live to our 100. So what are you going to do? And um, I suppose a regular thing that I um I suppose I discuss with other people is that you're, um, you need to keep your mind going. I think it's yeah, insurance. Agreed. Yeah. Insurance companies, I think for us men, think that we're going to die. I think there's like three or four years after we stop working. There's only so many times you can prune the roses. Um, so you've got to have something that, that keeps you going. And mm. look, if you're doing a couple of days a week as a surveyor. Yeah, I guess, yeah, a couple of days a week would be okay. It's like I yeah. love surveying. I love surveying. It's I love it, but I sort of think, oh, I do want to retire at some stage. <laughs> Look, we've we've been through a process with Stephen Thorne up at Gosford, and um, he's a mad surfer, mm -hmm. and I think he probably does surf, you know, six days a week. But we still get him in the office one day a week, and this is the other thing. There's the baby boomers that are most of our registered surveyors, you know a lot of information. You know, you know a lot. Mm -hmm. For that information to then be lost, this is fantastic with your podcast because you're, 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 sending, yeah. you know, you're, you're sending out messages. And so for Stephen Thorne to be lost to the survey industry, I, like, I think he's, what is he, 65? And That's the guy's, young, really. The guy's still doing six days of, a week surfing, lives on the beach, is active mm -hmm. and, you know, cool, he's got grandkids and, and whatnot and everyone's got their, um, their things that they do. But um, for that information, for that education to be lost from the survey, um, the survey fraternity is, is massive. It is, um, it is. You, you kind of want to maybe even, yeah, so um, I think, I think a lot of us need to come up with environments where people can work till they're 80 and maybe work until your 80 is one day a week. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, good for, it's good for our baby boomers that are registered and it's good for the fraternity because we can be educated. Yeah, because I think there's a lot lost these days um, with, with all of the, the new technology and all that sort of stuff. The old surveying is getting lost, but... I think they still need to know and understand a lot of that stuff. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, I yeah no, that's I think that's it's good that there are people who are, are happy to keep people on a few days a week, and like you said, you keep your mind going. Once once you stop, um, you go downhill. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. I mean, we don't want them, you know, trekking up and down mountain sides. Oh God, no. <laughs> I, yeah. Mind you, I'll probably see John Minahan doing that still. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we don't need them climbing up mountains all the time. <laughs> For sure. But, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Mm. 
I'm still not sure about going back to uni, though. I, once again, it's probably just that you've got to keep your mind going and yeah, um, and you've got to be doing something that you enjoy and you've got a level of education about it already. Mm. So, um, cool, not a problem. Some people might want to go and learn how to be a vet or a nurse or a, a farmer, you know, go for it. Um, mm. And I think I think this is what's good about surveying is is that you've got you know you're not a form worker, you're yeah. not a civil worker, um, you're not you know driving a truck, getting your back destroyed back, going yeah. up and down. You know you're not you know you you're, you're not a um, you know an office worker sitting in a chair all day. You're you you know we've got um, we've got the perfect mix. We're not a lawyer. We we're do. Not, yeah. We're not a you know, we're not a doctor in a, you know, in an office all day, mm. in a, in a theatre all day. Thank you very much for the awesome work that they do. But we've got, you know. Um, we have a, a want... perfect perfect mix of a little bit of everything, don't we, really? Yeah, 100%. And then there's so many different parts to surveying. There's, oh, you know, yes. scanning, you know, construction work, civil work, infrastructure work, mm-hmm. um, suburban uh, kind of practice stuff setting out a boundary, doing an ident, there's cadastral stuff. There's so yeah, many there's so many. So. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's that's the thing I always try and push as well when, you know, talking to younger kids is that it's not just your basic land surveying anymore. There are so many different areas that you can go and 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 go into and that, and it can take you across the world. Um, so moving moving forward, if you one day do decide to go back to uni, how's that going to work with your business? Um, probably exactly the way it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned, bef- like in the sense that um, you give people opportunity. Yeah. Look, I sometimes give people opportunity that shouldn't have opportunity. But, but you don't know about- until you try, do you? And and then the beautiful thing is people at TSS, you know, Gary, Chris, you know, Bill Hamer is a perfect one for it. Mm-hmm. Nick, this guy shouldn't be using a survey instrument, let alone trying to lead something. Thank you very much, Bill Hamer. Um, but you know what I mean? He'll he'll they'll pull me up, and it's not it's not a personal attack on me. It's a you know thank you very much, Mick, but that idea was silly. Um, so similarly, if I if I did go back to um, you know back to you know if I did go to uni and continue studies, it's just a matter of um, you know sometimes the worst person in the business is a business owner. I've learned that through. I've learned that through business. Yes. Yeah. You know, we fantastic. You started whatever you started, and you know you've got it to a point. But sometimes the worst person in the business is a business owner. So potentially me, you know, going back to uni and studying at university is a is a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. you know other people get opportunities within TSS and and uh, you know um, and that kind of. That's another thing. That's another. Who do you give opportunities to, and who yeah. do you not? And yeah. um, there's got to be kind of a bit of a rotation of roles as well. So someone needs to be prepared to take a step down, for someone to take a step back up without denting their ego. Um, you know, and and I suppose I've I've always been comfortable, um, uh, you know to discuss with someone about their ideas and cool if that's your idea and you think we should do that let's do that I'll mentor I'll mentor through the process 
but because it's your idea, you drive it. Yeah. Okay. And we'll assess it as we go. Just if it's, you know, if it's not working out well, we need to be prepared to backtrack on that. Yeah. And you need to not get upset about it. Um, so, so no, we've got many, uh, many examples over the years with TSS where I've, um, you know, even now I, I live in Camden and the main office is in Lane Cove. Um, lots of decisions. <laughs> lots of decisions get made without my, um, without my involvement, yeah. and you know, by by and large, and I, you know, even the bad decisions that get made uh, within TSS are discussed. And yeah, that's not you know, that's not such a such a good outcome. But we, you know, but you learn, we, you learn from you it, learn. and you know what to do next time or what not what not to do. Yeah, I think Chris has got it on his wall in his office. It's like I never lose. I, I, um, I think it's I learn. Or, mm. You know, I learn. Yeah. Um, I never oh, lose, I'm a big so. believer in that. That you know, you, you've got to give, you've got to give something a try, and whether you succeed or whether you fail, um, it doesn't matter because either way, you're learning something, and you're either learning how to do something, learning how to do it better, or you're learning what not to do next time. And you're learning what you need to do next, sort of thing. For me, it's always you give something a go. Yeah. Go from there. But so your so, business you've had for quite a while. So did you always want to have your own business? Yes and no. And and this it it so TSS is in the middle of May 18 years. Yeah. Um and I, you know, 18 years ago called it Total Surveying Solutions, um, you know, with an eye, I, I, like I'd, I'd mentioned earlier, I'd, we had a couple of beauty salons already. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'd started following Brad Sugars. Um, he's a, an Aussie business entrepreneur. And I'd learning about business and whatnot and, and even in the beauty salons, you know, you're learning what works and what doesn't. But. I suppose playing a lot of team sport over the years, being reasonably successful at it. I like that team environment. And I think mm -hmm. that kind of contributed to Total Surveying Solutions. Like it didn't have to be Michael Hatton surveying. Yeah. Because that's about me. It, it, it didn't need to be, um, you know, Camden surveying or wherever I was. Mm. At the, you know, yeah, I was out at Camden when I started TSS. So it wasn't, um, you know, Camden surveying and then it wasn't, you know, high rise surveying. Because I like that idea of the team environment. You know, you, you play soccer and you score 100 goals in a season. It doesn't, you know, still you lose every game. I've been following Josh Giddy a fair bit in the NBA and, you know, he's getting all these, um, you know, applause and praise for everything that he's doing, but he's still upset because he's losing every game. Yeah. Playing for Oklahoma, like they're lucky to win a game. Yeah. Um, so it's cool, well done, you're getting all these accolades, but you're not. So it's the same with, with I suppose, TSS. I, I liked, I wanted to create a team environment and, I, and, I, um, and I'd done a bit of coaching, you know, for sporting teams and whatnot as well. And, and it's similar kind of concept in the sense that, you know, you've got some kid that's played right back for the last three years. Give him a go at striker, you know. We've Give him got a one go. of those in our team, <laughs> and and so and so the concept the concept 
you know, goes into TSS as well. Like, um, you know, Gary Dawn is is um, out of Sunderland in the UK and, you know, half the people can't understand what he says. And he's he's absolutely perfect for what he does. Chris Donovan, the same thing. He's hasn't finished his TAFE studies as a surveyor. You know, um, he's a he's an S on the disc profiling psychometric quadrants. He's an S. S's don't normally run businesses. You know, it's normally D's that run businesses, but he's an S and he's running our business. And and so it's good. It gives us a bit of equilibrium. And you know, so um, I always wanted to create that team. And 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 so interestingly enough, there's or there was a a deregistered name on on the um on the uh the business name um oh, web, yeah. website abr or something yeah, i think it was yeah. and there was already a company there that would been deregistered called tss total surveying solutions really yeah and i looked <laughs> and i go that's not a bad idea i was thinking solutions and and whatnot and and so that that also just oh, well, what about that and i did look you know I do remember just I've done a lot of, you know, self-development, personal development and, and business research and whatnot, and it's interesting what you can achieve when you, you know, you set yourself a, uh, you know, what my, you know, some think is, is, is unachievable. But I didn't ever think that I would, that we would get to being, you know, we're, we're around 100 people these days. I never thought that we would, and that was never the intention, um, you know, in five years' time, we could be 50, we could be 500. That'll be a decision. Yeah, yeah you just don't know, do you? <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I have had so many business coaches over the years that'll say, you know, what are your goals? And I'll go, yeah, yeah. cool, we want to have a good work environment. Mm. Yeah, but how many staff do you want to have? How much do you want to be turn, turnover? No, I'm not going to be drawn into telling you that I'm going to increase our turnover by 20% per year or 5% mm-hmm. because that then starts getting you into the realm of being egotistical and that's a slippery slope. Uh, yeah. You don't want to be, oh, gotcha. yeah, wow. And, 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 you know, while we have got one of the biggest survey firms in the city and, you know, people might stand back and look and go, wow, wow, wow. Like, yes, it is pretty wow, but at the same time, in five years we could be 50 people because we internally decide that that's what we should do, that's the best fit. We've all got problems at the moment of getting people. We do. You know, Everybody. everybody's got it. And, you know, it's, it's almost just a bidding war and, you know, which recruiter annoys your staff the most. And so cool at a point in time, someone ends up with more people and we conceivably might be 50. I doubt it. And, you know, if we did, it's our internal decision. Um, but, uh but, yeah, I always wanted to create that team environment. And so, you know, it, it takes the pressure off myself. It motivates other people. It gives other people um, drive and, and they want to be involved in it. So it's really, it's a, it's a fantastic way to run the business. You know, things go wrong. We buy things that we shouldn't have. We invest in, you know, things that we shouldn't have. So uh, <laughs> we all make mistakes. <laughs> good, good intentions, though. <laughs> That's all right then. Yeah, it's a it's it's a big thing to have that right team around you and and get that community team right and having all the players 
knowing and understanding what you want out of it and that they can see that picture as well. I think um, some people go into a job for the money. That's it. How much money can they make out of a job? And then you get others that go, okay, I don't care about the money so much. I want to be in an environment where uh, I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm appreciated, mm. all that kind of stuff. So the interesting thing there is, is, is the concept of you're doing it for the money. So then analysing that, how much do you need? Not if you live in Sydney. <laughs> well, but, but, but yes, but, mm-hmm. you know, how much do you actually need in, yeah. in what you're doing? And, and, you know, if you want to come and live out here at Camden, you can still buy houses for $700,000. Mm-hmm. But if you've, you know, lived at North Bondi, surfed every second day, worked on high rises in the city, like you may need to change your expectations. Thank you very much for the great work that you do, but there's some things that you can achieve. And if you want to have five kids, mm-hmm. lo and behold, your wife doesn't mind having five kids. Don't How's do that? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I've got three kids and, I, and uh, I'd, I'd, have, I've had, I'd have 10 more. So, um, <laughs> but, but so there's just understanding how much do you actually need and, um, yeah. you know, and I, you know, there's there's a living. I remember doing an assessment a few years ago on a on a Tony Robbins um, uh, course that I was doing, and it was like you define your lowest um, basic amount. And I think I ended up, you know, moved to some. Um, actually, was that's my idea. I was going to live with my dad in Tennant Creek and take the kids there and send them to the government school. And I think I needed about four hundred dollars a week to live. And then there's how much do you need to live normally, and then what's a a high level of, um, of living standard, and then what's opulence, and what does opulence look like, and and then how do you how do you achieve that, and and um, and then it, you kind of once you understand the different levels, it was actually a high level of stress relief because you you knew that it was all right to have you know baked beans once or twice a week, and um, you know some some basic pastas and and whatever else. So the thing about how much is how much do you actually need because sometimes the more money you get it's the person that it creates and if if it's not a problem peter let's pay you three hundred thousand dollars like cool (laughs) but but what are you going to do do you know what i mean what are you going to do with it yeah and so um you know instead of going to the casino one night a week you go three nights a week and Mm. and then that rolls on to create a whole lot of other issues so um it's it's um yeah so the 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 money thing is is an interesting thing at the moment just because we've got a supply a shortage of supply of surveyors we've got a government that wants to spend lots of money to um stabilize the com- the, the country on infrastructure mm-hmm. and we've had borders closed for the last two years yeah and it makes it difficult doesn't it it makes it difficult and i think we've all got the challenge in the um in the the surveying game to 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 lift our rates because the reality is um people are going to get are already getting paid more and more um you know you need you 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 need to then go through and you know a sales kind of retraining of people to you know imagine you're selling a uh 
you know, a Tesla rather than a Commodore. You're selling a Tesla, it's three times, it's twice the, the price of a, a Commodore, but hey, you don't have the issue of needing to get um, petrol. You're doing something good for the environment. I think I saw something where the, the Tesla's like, the Tesla 3 is the highest selling small car at the moment. Yeah, right. As a, like over okay. the um, the Corolla or the the Accent mm. or or whatever it is, but imagine trying to sell that. I think the Tesla threes cost about sixty or seventy thousand dollars, and a, what does a Corolla and Accent cost? Maybe twenty five. Twenty, yeah, twenty five. And so we've got the same thing in the survey industry: is that we've got to sell ourselves as Teslas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yet not a problem. Um, those that are not as educated as others in selling. It's just easier to do cheap. But hang on, you've got that dilemma now because well done, you've won that job for three years at, you know, at $100 an hour. Yeah. That worked. That worked in year one. But by year three, your, your surveyor wants to get paid 30% more. Um, and, and it might not even be that he wants to. It's that a recruiter's ringing you up telling him that he can be. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, so... It- it's it's like that that post that I put in LinkedIn last year of you know what what would you expect to be paid and the as and I was using an example of my friend who's got you know fifteen plus years in the industry TAFE diploma great experience oh you know I didn't put all of the information in there but productivity always you know really good all that you know all that kind of stuff and what came out of it was some companies were saying, oh, yeah, 75 to 90, and then other people are going 150 plus. And you're going, that's a massive difference. I do remember you putting that post on there. I think yeah. I put it, I think I put a comment <laughs> on there. Depends how many hours they want to work. Because you've got some people that are 37 and a half hour week people. Yeah. They should be paid $75,000 a year. And that person is not. But I'm just in the without knowing all of the all yeah. of the background to your question. But that if that person wants to, you know, do FIFO out of um, you know Waluna in the middle of WA, mm. uh, which is probably difficult at the moment with lockdowns. But say the middle of the Northern <laughs> Territory somewhere, Tanami Desert. If if you want to do that, then you do probably get paid 150. But you're not sleeping at home for three weeks. No. And, and so, but I suppose, you know, and, and, and my comment about that and opinion about that would be that in the, in the Sydney context, once again, it's what do you want to do? Because if you want to live in Penrith and do, you know, do house set outs and, um, you know, ident surveys or you want to work for a local council, you know what? Thank you very much for doing that. But you only want to do 37 and a half hours a week. And that might be because you've got to pick up kids from school. You've got to drop kids off. You run a karate class or something. And so that person may be paid 75. But if someone doesn't mind working on, you know, um, you know, like a Shurex job or Linton's job doing the tunnels, running around in mud and not very, not necessarily the best work environment, or they want to work on a construction site. Um, you know, high-rise building where you need to be there at quarter to seven in the morning and you don't leave until 5.30 in the afternoon, that person probably does deserve to be paid 150. And, I, and I'm going to say that this is a, it is a, a misunderstanding and a dilemma that I, that, we, that I come across. I've been involved in a lot of recruitment 
Yeah. Um, probably not so much in the last year or so, but somebody says, cool, I want to get paid 100. And then I say to them, cool, how many hours a week do you want to work? And it's, and it's like a, what do you mean, how many hours a week? Like, I just want to be paid 100. Cool, is it all right if I work, you know, we've got 60 hours a week for work for you. Can you do 60 hours? Oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah. And so it, it is, I'd say amongst um, people looking for work, you need to understand, I'll pay you $100, I'll pay you $100,000 a year if you're going to work 60 hours a week. Just about every firm in the city will. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but if you want to work 37 and a half hours a week and you want to be paid $100 an hour, like, cool, let's, let's have a chat about it. So there's, there's got to be that understanding about, um, about how many hours a week you want to work. And um, mm. because, and I suppose just further to that, my opinion's been uh, in the many people that I've come across is 50 hours a week is a good amount of time to work. And as long as the TSS, you've got this flexibility. If you need to, if you want to have next Tuesday morning off or, you know, because you're, you know, your 10-year-old's playing in their Paul Kelly Cup AFL or, uh, you know what, how do we organise for you to have Tuesday morning off next week. And you might want it off to lunchtime because you're going to coach. You might want the whole day off. How do we make that happen? Yes, it's it's Wednesday and it's only, you know, six days away. But um, you're used to them. And I what I find with people that work 50 hours a week, they're self-organised. They're self-driven. Yeah. They don't need to be told what to do. Whereas when I've found people that are, uh, are the 38-hour-a-week the kind of people is like, what do you want me to do? They sit back and where, mm-hmm. where am I going? And then that takes a manager to lead them. So there's an extra overhead. Mm-hmm. And so the advantage of getting somebody, yes, and lots of people don't want to do it, 50 hours a week person is they're self-motivated. So not only are they proactive and driven, they save you a management cost. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's a double benefit there, um, and my 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 theory on a on a fifty hour a week worker is that, um, and I understand not everyone can do it because of family blah blah blah. But if you can do it, I think it creates a better person. You're used to you're used to getting out of bed at six. You're used to getting out of bed at five. You know you're used to you're used to being a bit of a a, a go getter, and and so then. You know, there's the opportunity then if someone rings you up and gives you a hot tip on a lithium stock at the moment, you know, lithium's going off, um, go and research it. You know, if you're a 38-hour person, yes, a bit of a generalisation, you know, you get home and you just, you chill. You know, you probably then watch the Channel 9 News and a current affair and you're hating on the world and you're blaming the government for this and someone for this and... <laughs> Whereas the fifty-hour person, our week person, they probably don't have still time work. to do that because they they're don't still have time. Doing something. <laughs> yeah, and so there's another higher level then of of accomplishment mm. as well, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so let it be that you then look for that outside of um, outside of work as well. Another, like even when I'm recruiting people, I always I'm more concerned. I like to know what they do outside of work, and if they've been a successful sports person, and in 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 like in a you know they didn't need to play for Australia but if you've been relatively successful you understand discipline and you understand training 
you understand doing hard work to get a result. So, you know, somebody like yourself, if you're a netballer or, you know, you know, you, you've, you've played, you might not even need to play state netball, but did you play regional? Why did you pick netball? Maybe I, I was a know. soccer player. Yeah, huh? you look like a netballer huh? to me. Well, I did actually play rep netball, but I played soccer too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And swim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it's funny you say that because someone else, can't remember who, someone I've spoken to before sort of said the same thing. And we were talking about how, how do you sell surveying to younger people? And it was always, you know, it's always, oh, it's the mass, it's the geography. And someone else came up with, well, no, it's the kids in the PE class as well because they like to be outdoors. They like to be doing things. They're motivated to get out and work and, you know, do all this sort of stuff as well. So it's, yeah, it's interesting that you equate that to to being. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the other thing would be just being good people. Oh, yeah. You know, if you rock up to a barbecue and, you know, you're a sociable person, easy to get along with, um, you know, and what do you do? Oh, I'm a surveyor. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. if we're the, um, I think if we're good people, people will want to be surveyors. Um, and I think I've, I've, I've seen a lot of, a lot of younger people are, you know, um, I'm interested in getting my son to be a surveyor. That's a bit of a oh, dilemma yeah. because I don't want him to feel the pressure. Yeah. But at the same time, when I see the young, the younger people at TSS coming out of universities, Otago, we've got a few Otagos. I go, uh-huh. yeah. you're kidding. These, these, these guys are absolutely top shelf, sensational. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would want my son to be three quarters as good as these guys. Like, um, and and so I think I think we're on a journey to to fixing the the problem. And I think it is a lot of the young people are just being examples. Look, the other the other solution is that that we should have an institution similar to Otago. The Otago system for New Zealand is that they take, um, I think you can get like 50 or something in your year 12 and you get into Otago. Oh, this is my pet peeve and, and, of marks. And so what happens is, they, they, they take, I think it is like 80 students, but mm-hmm. at the end of the first year, they cull it at 60. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make the grade after the first year, you're gone. And right. there's, a, there's a whole different level then. This is puts, my career. Yeah, it puts you there's in a, another, a, another mindset, doesn't it? There's a why. What is my why? I chose to do this. I did a bit of, you know, you've done a couple of, you've done a couple of terms. You've done a, a few months in in learning surveying, and it's like, if it clicks in that you want to do it, um, you know, I think there's a strong chance that you're gonna you're gonna meet you're gonna you know be accepted as being as one of those sixty. So yeah. this is, and I, hmm. you know, maybe this is where. Peter's surveying school's going, but but it not at university you know, level. <laughs> but it's a, it's if we consider back, you know, and I, you know, worked with Phil Hayward for years, and you know, around um, other older surveyors, and you understand yeah. the article system and yeah, 
Uh, it needs to be, we need to come up with it. That needs to be part of the solution because getting 92 to go to New South Wales Uni, thank you very much. Roughly really unachievable what, for most it's, people, isn't it? And, and my, my opinion would be that it, that it satisfies, like academic excellence is one part of surveying. It's difficult to explain to a mum and a dad, you know, why they need their boundaries marked and then why, you know, they're doing a subdivision and helping them through the subdivision process. Mm. You could have got 99 and got into New South Wales Uni and then need to be dealing with clients and have absolutely no communication skills mm -hmm. and lose work for your, for your business. What, like, but hang on a second, that person was successful in becoming educated as a surveyor. They fail miserably at communication. Now, I'm not saying that somebody that gets 60 is better at communication, but they probably are better at communication because they spent lots of time talking at school and not, and not studying. <laughs> so, like, Damn, is that my problem? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, was too my... busy in the art room and out on the sports field. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I think yeah. I think mm. that's um, you know, but look, the the getting kids into surveying, yeah, um, you know the the poster, and thank mm -hmm. you very much to those involved in it, particularly Gary Dawn. Yes, um, he's gone and thrown Aboriginal all through the. Mm -hmm. there's, there's lots of um, little dark people there, and there's Aboriginal artwork around. It's fantastic what um, what we've done, but but even that is an initiative to get people into surveying. So. But by and large, the solution to, to people and the quicker solution that we all need is, is overseas. And, and, and that's been a strategy that I've had for early on, from early on in the business. I didn't see the point of ringing up ESO surveyors and chasing them or, or CMS or, you know, whoever else. I didn't see the point of ringing up their surveyors because, cool, congratulations, high five, Mick and TSS. You got that surveyor from another company. Now they, they, now they need someone. Well, that's and and that's that's what um, that's what I always don't understand is how a company, someone owning a company, gets all excited because they've they've got this person from oh we we scored this guy from such and such a company. And it's like, yeah, you may have, but it's going to happen to you now. And it's, you just keep going around in this vicious 100, circle. 100%. And um, look, you know, we're, we're on this podcast. We've, we've had a history of going to Otago University, not to New South Wales University, yeah. not to Newcastle University, mm -hmm. Otago University. We've had a $10,000 scholarship there for a few years. It's like a thank okay. you because we take we take three or four graduates out of there a year, and they're like free recruitment fees, and 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 so it's a thank you back to the university. But they're absolutely superstars, you know. We're all, you know, we're all fighting over, you know, I don't know what is it, ten to fifteen graduates a year out of New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, like, it's ridiculously small, crazy. And so and so, yes, not a problem. They. You know, they need to go to some good environment, and I'm sure they do. But at the same time, um, 
you know, we've had a history of getting returning Aussies out of and Kiwis out of the UK and out of Europe. Um, you know, um, Gary, our our operations manager, is 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 out of Sunderland. You know, Chris Donovan's out of uh, our general manager's out of out of Melbourne. So yeah, um, I I suppose it's it's a it's a and and the primary reason that I've that I've done this is I didn't see the point of creating a problem for myself that I've, you know, I've, I've gone to, you know, taken one of Shane Lawrence's guys and now Shane Lawrence is upset and he needs someone and he might get someone from somewhere else, but sooner or later someone's going to come. Like it's why create the problems for yourself. Yeah. So um, the solution is overseas um, and, you know, what I've, you know, I've seen other companies doing it and, you know, reasonably successfully. Yeah, sure. There's, you know, there's some people that, that aren't necessarily up to speed, but there's lots of Aussies that aren't up to speed either. No, there's not. There's not. And it surprises me. Um, like it's not just like you get so many good um, TAFE students through. You get the bad ones. No matter what you do, you're going to get the ones that, I mean, I know that I've taught some and thought, you really want to do surveying? <laughs> <laughs> but then you get the university ones through as well and you go, are you sure you want to do surveying? <laughs> and they've just done four years. Yeah, but look, there's a, you know what, there's a spot for everybody and, um, you know, some people don't mind setting out piles. You know, some people yeah. don't mind doing ident surveys, and yeah, and and there's there's a spot for everybody. Um, so yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there is. You just you just see some people come out, and you know, to me, surveying's it's all about thinking and problem solving. And some of these people can't do that. I don't know. It's my yeah. Point of view, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should stop talking. <laughs> no, look, we we have we you know. Welcome to getting back to what we talked about at the beginning. I'm, I'll, uh, I'll empower and give people opportunities that I shouldn't. Yeah. And people like Bill Hamer will pull me up and go, Mick, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like Bill. You know, I did it with good intentions. And he'll go, Thank you, Mick. Thank you for yeah. having good intentions. But no, no, flaming no. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know what, that's, you just, you just need a team around you because once again, kind of ties back to, um, you know, I'm running a business, I'm part of running a business, there's mm -hmm. bits that I'm across the business and you get bits wrong, um, you know, God forbid I was a registered surveyor and needed to, you know, learn everything and be on top of everything as well and I'm not, yeah. I'm not a registered I don't have that problem and I, and I still get recruitment wrong. Um, oh, everybody and, does. And, everybody and, does. Yeah, but it's it's like I say, it's a, it's about having a team that 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 you can kind of critique each other and and not not necessarily get upset about it. So um, yeah, but yeah, it's good. All right. So moving on, with such a big business, what would be the biggest challenges that you sort of face? Um. Sometimes it's just understanding what the business looks like in 12 months or, yeah. or, or, or five years' time. And, 
and that's because it's a bit of a collective decision. And so, um, you know, and, and, and there's a few people involved in that. So I, I suppose that's probably, yeah, what does your business look like? And let it be yeah. that we're at a, we're at a you know, say a, around 100 people. But I remember when I was five people, you know what I mean? It was, it was debtors. It was who was paying bills. Um, and then, you know, and, and when we were probably 10, you know, I had a couple of guys running their own business within TSS, you know, absolute scumbags. <laughs> yeah, and, okay. and I, um, but, and so do you know what I mean? At different stages, you need to be aware yeah. of different, at different yeah. things. So, you know, at this stage, it's like, what does the business look like? Are we, are we in five years time? you know 50 people or are we 200 people and then navigating that um look people is is a is a is an issue at the moment um you're only you know one phone phone call away from you know as we've had you know it's no secret going around uh you know the great resignation you know everyone sat at home and and got time to review about what they're doing and implement implement a strategy going forward and we've had a number of people you know two absolute guns that have gone back to Ireland welcome to the you know the downfall of you know pulling in people from overseas yeah yeah you can't begrudge them of that um you know Mike uh you know had a baby you know Benny wanted to have babies do you know what I mean they've gone back to their family like high five you know thank you very much for working with us for you know six years and being, you know, 15 out of 10 surveyors, um, that, you know, you're only ever a phone call away from that. Um, so that's probably, you know, while it's, while it's positive to see while they go, yeah. um, it, it, it's just, you know, uh, another absolute gun, Rich Abbott, we lost him, wanted to go back to New Zealand, welcome to the downfall of having Kiwis. Um, <laughs> so, so there's probably... You know, probably we, we've got all but the challenge of people uh, yeah. and and finding, retaining, you know, inspiring. Well, without uh, the people, there is no business, is there? So, <laughs> yeah, and 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 while there, you you know, particularly now with with, like I say, people have sat at home with time to review and think, and the government spending on all this infrastructure yeah. stuff. So, the but they're also the source of you know, your positives, um, you know, people taking on opportunities and, and growing. It, it's it's the greatest level of inspiration. I do internal videos at TSS and you yes. go and do, you go and I go and do interviews with people. Hey, what are we doing here on this site? What's a typical day for you? Um, you know, what are you liking about work at the moment? What, you know, what's your favourite thing? It's two questions I ask everybody. Um, what's your favourite thing and what's your biggest challenge at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I'll video that and I'll send it internally so we get to see what different people do. But it's it's just absolutely amazing the stuff we do. Yeah. Um, and I'm and the reason I like to send it out and I encourage the guys that do detail surveys and ident surveys to do it is because even doing an ident survey on a vacant block in Oran Park is pretty interesting. 
like used to be a, a raceway. Race, and now look, yes. And now look at this, you know, 350 square metre blocks everywhere and it's, oh, you know what I mean? And, they made, and they've made a, but it also works because they build big parks, do you know yeah. what I mean? And there's a yeah. closed shopping centre by, so it's, you know, it's got a different feel to it, but it's interesting. The same that it's interesting, you know, uh, you know, you interview someone and, uh, I think I remember one. Of, yeah, one of my one of my early interviews was um, uh, Silverwater Jail. We were doing for Lend Lease, and oh, yeah. nineteen different grid systems. Wow, nineteen different grid That's systems. Crazy. Now the thing about Silverwater Jail, it's an existing structure as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need to check because nine times, well, mm-hmm. I want to say fifty percent of the time, the grid. The grids don't work. Really? And so you, don't they? Well, onto an existing structure particularly. So you can understand, you know, the complexity of that. And and mm. and and so, you know, we, we, we miss that across the business. We don't necessarily see it. And, uh, you know, another initiative we do is a, a photo of the week as an opportunity to kind of, um, yeah. you know, this is what I'm doing today or this is what I did yesterday yes. or something. You know, you'll get, um, you know, construction guys and the sun's coming up, you know. Oh, they're brilliant a, photos, seeing those ones. I love seeing those type of photos. <laughs> we did we uh, we did the pile set out for the international um, cruise terminal at um, Circular Quay. Oh, now, setting out, you know, piles in Circular Quay it wasn't a very strenuous job, but we needed to be there full time. So needless to say, that guy was sending photos of the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House and Circular Quay every day and we all got annoyed <laughs> with it. Um, you know, but we're, we're doing um, uh, Icon's job at um, uh, on the other side of the the Harbour Bridge there. Is it Dawn Fraser Pool or something next, oh, next to Luna Park? Next to Luna Park, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, magnificent pictures we get from mm. you know that get circulated from there we did a high rise just up the road as well and um so yeah it's it's the pe- people provide the greatest um you know the greatest inspiration and the greatest yeah sure it's you know you make profit whatever it is but you know if it's paying the bills to a degree and it's not, it, you know, it's the same with, with wages. People don't necessarily go to work because of the wages. They go to the team environment is normally number one and the, the, the stimulation that they get. Um, so, you know, similarly employing people, that's probably the, the thing that I'm most grateful about with TSS is the, the inspiration. If I'm, and look, I've just gone through a bit of a difficult period over the last two years. I've gone yep. through separation, um, divorce, Literally, if I feel a bit down, I'll ring someone up randomly. Hey, what are you doing? Um, we've got this, you know, young guy, Isaac, down in Melbourne, and he's just an absolute gun. And I'll, hey, mate, what are you working on? And he'll, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, aren't you like 18 months out of uni? And you go, yeah, Mick. That's just, you just, you know, you just go, wow. And we've got plenty of examples of, of, um, of good things across the business. And so, yeah, that's. That's the um, most awesome thing about TSS. Look, things go wrong, just like any other business. Um, do anywhere, yep. You know, normally we're perfect, but. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I told you, Mick, nobody, nothing is ever perfect. Do you know what? Hey, it you is... can be like me and be imperfectly perfect. <laughs> you know what? Imperfection is perfection. Perfection mm. is a lower standard. It's, you know, even, even the errors and the things that don't go right, you know, mm. as long as nothing too drastic happens, they're perfect as well. So, yeah, yeah. So you got to go overseas and work as well. Yes. Um, so I, I uh, once I realised I wasn't going to play soccer for Australia, <laughs> <laughs> or Manchester United and get paid $100,000 a week. Um, oh. Yeah, I, Grant Kilpatrick had got me a job out of Camden. Because he was and from I, out that way. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah um, and... And I, I'd, I'd come out this way, met a group of guys out here, that, um, you know, Camden Falcons, you know, we had a very successful period of time and at playing soccer, but then also socialising. A couple of them went overseas, so I'm like, giddy up, I'll yeah. go as well. So worked as a site engineer. Um, this might even be another uh, uh, suggestion for Peter's survey school. Um, the site engineers get me into that, trouble here. <laughs> the site engineers um, that come out of the UK uh, yeah. are, are fantastic. Look, they do not meet the RMS or Transport for New South Wales requirements um, as a surveyor because they haven't done a, a, a similar two-year TAFE course or you know two-year course. But in many cases, they're better. And the reason they're better is, is you know, for a three-year degree, they'll do 12 months on surveying. They'll, do, they'll spend time learning about contracts administration, learning about how to be a project manager, learning how to be a foreman. And okay. so, yeah, you, right. so what happens is you, you get these guys from the UK and even when I went to the UK, there are, like I was a foreman and I'm like, dude, I'm 22 years old and I was expected to you know, to be a foreman on site. And I was expected to do contracts administration with subcontractors, sign dockets for excavators. I was expected to, um, you know, no no, no um, design standards. And so when you employ those kind of people, um, you know, they rock up to a, a construction site, they normally know what the foreman needs before the foreman needs it. Um, and they're they're brilliant. Um, and 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 the thing for me going over there is 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 you know similar to to not wanting to be in Perth and be in Sydney. You want to take the world on a little bit. Um, and so you know, giddy up, let's go and travel. And the thing about wonderful thing about travel is, you know, gets you outside of your comfort zone. Yes. And 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 look how other people live and um, you know, understand how the world works and the world doesn't revolve around you. I think as a young person, that's a really good thing to learn. <laughs> it doesn't? Um, no? <laughs> it doesn't? Um, I that, hey. <laughs> yeah, don't tell, yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, so I worked over there and, and uh, you know, and I'd come from being probably more of a survey assistant than, okay. you know, that I wasn't a fully-fledged, you know, field party leader before yeah. I went over there, but yeah. it was really reasonably comfortable and confident in what I did. Um, but it but it opened me up to the understanding of what they do, um, and 
you know, the perspectives that they that they have. And so as many of them do, they come out of doing their studies there. They've got a civil engineering degree or a structural engineering degree, but they understand surveying, uh, you know, significantly enough to be able to set out grids and, yes, cool, not, not you know, allocate excesses and shortages and, and whatnot, but... Um, but, you know, for working on 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 construction work, construction. it's it's significantly um, mm. significantly useful. Mm. Um, so yeah, so travelled over there a bit around the you know around Europe and and uh, you know it was it was it's good fun. But um, like I say, it's it's necessary. I think uh, as growth as an adult to do to do a bit of travel. I missed that. <laughs> I did a bit of travel. Uh, about five years ago in India. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That is a, like, I think I'd love to get a Royal Enfield, Enfield and just ride through India and, you know, Laos and Vietnam. I think it's, you know, they see the world differently, Indians. And, you know, while that doesn't necessarily gel with a, an Australian construction site, yep. it it. it it gels from a um, from a mental health point of view, and um, you know from other aspects of your life. But um, India is, you know, I was in went to Varanasi, um, went to Jaipur, did a did a week at a monastery down in Chennai. Um, yeah, was was fantastic. Um, so I'm so- I'm kind of getting from all of this that you are very. Um- self-aware and like to work on you and and all that kind of stuff look and and I think that's in I think I think that's significantly important because we've all got pros and cons about ourselves Mm -hmm. imagine if you didn't know some of the cons yeah okay and and not that necessarily the things that aren't the best about you are that bad but it's just good to have a little bit of awareness about it and then, you know, and be comfortable with it, Um, you know, and or not be comfortable with it and and try and improve it. Try and improve, yeah. But imagine if you didn't have awareness. That would be the worst. There's a lot of people, a lot of people out there like that. And it takes a lot of people to turn the world around and thank you very much for what they do, but my... I suppose, yeah, my thing is understand what you're good at, understand what you're not good at mm-hmm. um, and be comfortable with it. Uh, and and I suppose, like I said earlier, sometimes the worst person in the business is the business owner. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's me being aware that sometimes I'm the worst person. Yeah. And, and the reason I'm the worst person because there's – a different level of emotional attachment. When somebody does something completely idiotic that is representing of I don't really care, I'm going to say that some other people within the business are going to see that as not real good. Yeah, that's a bit dodgy, like he should have done better. But put that in front of me or some other business owner and respectfully, you just want to tear their head off. Yeah. Yeah. How could you do something? And yeah. so there's a, and this is why as a business owner, it's not always good to be a business owner because you're emotionally attached to it. Mm. And, you know, so 
thank you very much to, 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 the, to the leaders within TSS. They don't tell me everything. <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> I could be in Long Bay Jail by now. Um, so, so, but I think it's, it's, I think it's just being a good human being in the, in the community, in the surveying industry, you know, mm. in your suburb, mm. um, in your footy team. You've just got to be a bit self-aware of yourself. And um, I mean, look, I, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the disc profiling, you know, what quadrant are you in? Yeah, yeah. And we use, we use that as language across the business. You okay. know, D is a high dominant, I is an influencer, that's myself. Um, you know, an S is, uh, you know, social kind of wants to hug people. C is where 99.9% .9 of registered surveyors live and we need them to live there. They're highly conforming people. You've got to follow the rules. Yes. And, but, it's, but being a registered surveyor in, in that C zone, the worst thing is, and, and being in any, any quadrant, is not understanding the other quadrants. And then you need to be able to, you know, sometimes be a D leader and shut up and do this. I'm more an eye leader and I'll be cool. What do you think the best thing is to do? I think this is, well, hang on a second. Let's talk about that. What's the best, what are, what are the positives of that? What are the negatives of that? And I'll discuss it for half an hour when I could have been a D and just said, but, you know, an S will be put a, you know, hug around someone and go, let's just do what you want to do. And a, and a, and a C will be, what does the process say? There's no process. What do you mean there's no process? <laughs> this is the worst place in the world. There's no process for this. So, um. You need to be, uh, you need to be aware of, um, you know, living in uh, whichever quadrant you live in. That there's value in other, there's other other types of people within, within an organisation, yeah. um, because if we were Sometimes all C, they don't look at what they're probably called in those quadrants. <laughs> the stubborn one. The <laughs> yeah, but but no, but the thing is that. That that's still perfect, because if you've got a registered surveyor that's stubborn, you need that because, like, but you also just there needs to be a little bit of flexibility and um, you know, you need to understand that it's you know, in the S, it's good to keep everyone happy. It's good to try and keep people happy, but you can't keep everybody happy, and and keeping you know, you can buy happiness with a bottle of wine on a Friday night. <laughs> you know, it's Don't also tell everyone about, our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's about stimulation and and yeah. and other things as well. And yeah. um, you know, so mm. so yeah. Look, it's it's. I think it's just important, and particularly if we're going to become parents and 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 leaders within organisations, you need to be. You, you need to teach people to be aware. Um, one of the one of the things that I've I've um you know, done with TSS is understand the languages of love. Have you heard about that? No, no there's, there's like five languages of love and, okay. you know, pr primarily for, relate, or for relationships. But yeah, yeah. the idea is that, you know, we're predominantly boys. I think we've got, you know, probably 10, 12 ladies across 100 kind of people. So that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you very much. They're all very good. But but there's there's the five languages of love uh, are gifts, words of praise, time, uh -huh. spending time with your girlfriend, actions, 
um, you know, doing the dishes for her, and then there's physical touch, holding hands with her. Mm-hmm. And and so they're teaching the boys about, you know, I've done videos about it and just be aware of what is your girlfriend? what What's her language? Because you may want to do the dishes and cook dinner every night, but she doesn't care about that. She wants, you know, she wants gifts. She wants flowers. She wants you to tell her that she's beautiful. But you think you're kicking massive goals by cooking dinner every night. Now you're actually losing points because you're, you know what I mean? You're not giving her yeah. words of praise. And that's yeah. her language. And so it's, you teach and you teach them that. Well, this is the reality of life. If they're not, if the, if if have you ever worked with someone that's gone through a breakup? Uh, they're not very good people to work around. Right, you know what? They, they don't work productively. They're not positive people to be around. So if you help, if you help them have yeah. better lives, yeah. And once again, it's awareness, and you know, I need. I want little Johnny to come to work and be his best at TSS. Yeah. If he's swapping girlfriends every three weeks because he's, mm. you know, not they're, they're not connected, little Johnny, he's not going to be the best worker and you probably only want him to do 37 hours, not 50. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but it's yeah, important. I know, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. It's important to, um, to understand that and you'll, you know, with all due respect, most husbands are the same. You know what? We all like physical touch. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be a secondary language. We like your acts of kindness, like you're the best. You still make me lunch after 20 years of marriage. You know what I mean? Or, you know, whatever it is yeah. that, um, yeah. you know. She, he doesn't like uh, flowers. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> he doesn't like flowers. But once <laughs> again, that one. <laughs> it's not about him. It's about you because if he... if if he buys you flowers and gifts is your language, you might hold his hand and kiss him 20 times more. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so, um, but no, look, it just awareness is, is just being a good, yeah. being a good person and, mm. you know what, um, generally the good guys win, whatever nice. winning is. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. Whatever that is. <laughs> Different for everybody. That's it. Um, community and community engagement and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I said the, about you being on the Indigenous, um, what was it called again? Sorry. Chamber of, Chamber Indigenous of Chamber of Commerce. Yep. 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 Um, how does that all play into your life and, and the community and that sort of stuff? Like, um, generally, it just continues myself being a role model. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the dilemma in the Aboriginal, um, I'll say, environment, yep. like, thank you very much, Adam Goods. You can kick a football really well. Thank you very much, Kathy Freeman. You can run really fast around a track. And, yes, there are other things that they do. Um, but. But. Mm. The government, the state governments and the federal governments, and I know they get a lot of bashing, particularly if you listen to this, you know, Channel 9 News and whatnot, they have set a fantastic, legis- they've set fantastic legislation that says I think it's 2% of um, government spending needs to be on Aboriginal businesses, 2 or 3%. It kind of oscillates around there. And, and generally that's just based on Aboriginal population being 2 to 3% of, of the, the Australian oh. population. Yeah, okay. And the, the wonderful 
potential outcome, and I say potential because like anything, it can be corrupted. The wonderful potential thing there is that young people learn about business and learn that there's opportunities, not necessarily to run a business or start a business, because as discussed, that's not necessarily the best no. thing, but it, but to be a leader in a business. Yeah. Um, and so I've been to Clontarf groups and had discussions with Clontarf groups and, and try and get myself out there. And, and the, the Indigenous Chamber of Commerce, we had our first trade show at the, uh, at the end of last year. Huh. And you know what? It was, it was fantastic. Uh, I think 98% funded by Aboriginal businesses. You know, we were we we contributed significantly towards it, um, and it's just a fantastic story. And you get Aboriginal businesses out there. So, and the thing is, these corporates, particularly, you know, the 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 tier ones, get hammered about it the most. Yeah. But it's slowly but surely filtering through everybody else. But the corporates, you know, they don't want the negative publicity on the front page of the Telegraph. You haven't spent a dollar. You know you're not doing it right and blah 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 so there's a big push particularly from the tier ones to do this right and and uh and so they're all there and and they're keen on meeting us they're keen on doing work with us um with aboriginal businesses so um i mean you know my my uh, aboriginal backgrounds uh predominantly from bunaba which is up in fitzroy crossing in the kimberleys you know um, and I've also got a, um, a part of it that's out of Peak Hill, which is uh, Wiradjuri. And I think it's, you know, it's just continuing to be out there as a, you know, as an Aboriginal businessman rather than even an Aboriginal surveyor. Yep. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's some people out there doing some initiatives to get Aboriginals into surveying. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I know Dylan's doing some good stuff from Woomera. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was another company down in Melbourne that had done some that had done some good work that was um, okay. doing some infrastructure work down there. So, um, you know, it, you kind of just need to get yourself out there a bit more, and and uh, and like I say, just just be. Um, so that's what I like doing. I've you know I've just jumped on a, I got nominated for the Clontarf board. Um, or I'm going to get put forward to it, but I'm in the mix, and that's unbelievable. Clontarf, if anyone's looking for something to support, is just a phenomenal um, charitable organisation started by, um, oh, geez, I can't remember his name now, but he used to be the, um, the coach for Fremantle Dockers, and he got sacked from Fremantle Dockers. He went back to, he, he went back to um, high school called Clontarf in Frio, yeah. And started up and started up a group. And so what it was and the concept is, um, you know, male boys in high school and they need to attend, they need to stay in school that to, to be on the local football team, yep. they need to have attendance at school. And if they don't have attendance, you can't play on the football team. Now it's a good initiative to to any to any um, young Aboriginal boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and letting it be that it started in WA and, um, you know, to be on that AFL team is almost more important than life itself. Yeah. And so then to tell them that they need to come to training and, you know, I've, I've seen it at Endeavour High School, there's a whiteboard and they they mark off who attends school and who doesn't. And, 
Um, and then they've adapted that to, you know, Queensland and New South Wales rugby league and basketball. And uh, it's, see, there's lots of bad things that go on in the world. And then you kind of consider little things like, you consider things like Clontarf and it started by a, a sacked AFL coach. And now it's like all over the country keeping Aboriginal boys in high school. Like if they're not in high school, what are they doing? But yeah, that yeah, it just and then they just end up in that vicious little cycle, don't they? And a hundred percent. So yeah. we've got the challenge um, as a society now to kind of how do we continue on, give them yeah. jobs and and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a what a great initiative. Good space, good space to. Um, good space to be in um mm. and a good a good space to contribute towards so mm. yeah that's that's um that's really nice and it's it's so nice to be able to see that that it's making step for making steps forward and as long yeah, as you're absolutely. taking as long as there's a step going forward then you know there is going to be change it well, might be slow but it's happening and then even with the step going forward if it's kind of a double win because you're going forward one step because you could go backwards one step. Yeah. And then that's that's yeah. kind of two points different. So um so yeah, it's good. Mm. Awesome. Okay. Couple more questions. I won't keep you too much longer. Mentors. Have you had some mm. good ones? You know what? I'm I I've kind of gone, as I mentioned earlier, Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. I've gone away from Tony Robbins. Um, the most dangerous person is a, is a person that's um, confident and they shouldn't be. And unfortunately, sometimes in the Tony Robbins environment, you you can get pumped up and you can get excited and, and, <laughs> and you shouldn't be because um, <laughs> you've, got to have, you've got to have substance and you've got to have some skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of, um, yeah, gone like anything self-development. You've got to you've got to have a level of maturity about it. You can't just blindly believe it. So I listened to a bit of Jim Rowan, um, you know Jordan Peterson. Jim Rowan is the guy that taught Tony Robbins, and he doesn't. Um, he's still raw. Tony Robbins has put a, a sell to things, and Tony Robbins is very money centric and I know that because I've I've been involved in his programs a number of times and I just find Jim Rowan to have a, a good message so R-O-H-N Jim um he's quite good Jordan Peterson once again um as I've come to understand most females don't like him but it's like anything you've you've got to look at it with a level of maturity you know his 12 rules of life I think they're pretty cool um and um, that was interesting, actually. I can't remember his name, but I did an interview with somebody um, a couple, probably three years ago, and they put me on a Jordan Peterson. Um, welcome to an interview at TSS. I think it went for like two hours as well. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and um, and we actually got to the point where we where we realised that he wasn't a good fit for TSS. Oh but, really? Yeah, but <laughs> great guy. I think I can't remember his name now. I think he heads um, registered surveyors at the cadastral team at Veris. But um, fantastic guy. But, you know, yeah. But mentors, um, I actually don't really have any mentors. I, like I said earlier, 
Jim, uh, uh, Brad Sugars, um, Peter Jackson, um, not necessarily widely known within within um, New South Wales, but he was the CEO of um, Melbourne Football Club. I'm a Demon supporter and we sponsor all the Aboriginal boys there. Mm -hmm. um, but he used to be the CEO at Essendon for years and I did a leadership program with him. He was, he was next level. Um, I think even... I, I actually like to look at other businesses. I take them as my mentors. We've, we've worked with BMD over the years. Um, and there's, you, you, you know, you see, you see their structures. Yeah. You see the way yeah. they do business. Um, you know, I have, as we would have all business, you know, you have problems with people doing timesheets. As I explained to my guys, BMD foreman needs to have all of his data up to date by smoke go the next day you know for the day previous he's got to do excavators laborers plumbers you name it you know road material whatever it is he's got to have all of his used information by smoko the next day or the costings and as i say to people don't tell me you can't do your timesheet for one day before before nine o'clock the day before and so it's little things like that you learn off other businesses Len, lease you see things they do you know cpb you see the way they do business uh, and i watch i watch other businesses and watch how they do business and not necessarily survey probably no survey businesses and uh and i suppose i get i get inspiration or mentorship out of that yeah. um rather than you know any any particular particular person so do your guys do timesheets every day? They have to fill them out every day? Or they have to be done? Yes, yes and no. We end a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, the... I know it was always a scramble at the end of the week when I was working at Cardinal. It was like, guys, the timesheets need to be in. <laughs> yeah, but what do they say? If you want to measure something, better measure it more. And so thank you to everybody in TSS. Um, you know, two years ago when COVID hit, um, you know, we were doing you know, cash reconciliations the next day we were doing yeah. timesheets the next day we knew how many chargeable, non-chargeable mm -hmm. hours we had. We knew our we knew our financial position by nine o'clock, ten o'clock that next day as to where we were the day before. And uh and look we we you know there's times and there's a time and a place to put that much energy into into something like that. But look we 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 do push doing timesheets every day because what did you do on Monday afternoon? I know. On Friday afternoon. <laughs> you got and, no and idea. And, and that's the, you know, I'll talk to people and I'll, you know, it'll be, you know, have you got, have you got, we use Workflow Max. Have you got Workflow Max open in the background? Like, you know, show me your timesheet. And, and it's, it's not necessarily, once again, it's not being the D type leader and saying you must do this. It's the I type leader. And it's going, what's the advantage of you doing your timesheet every day? And, and waiting for that person to answer and go, oh, well, I don't have to do it on Friday afternoon. Lo and behold, you did it Monday morning. You know, how many beers did you have over the weekend or how many other things did you do? And then you've got to remember what you did on Tuesday. Don't put the stress on yourself. Yeah. How does that feel then? So, um, so yeah, part of business. <laughs> Some people can't see that. Uh, you, can make, you can make anyone change. It's called pleasure and pain. <laughs> um so yeah i i yeah it, it 
Yeah, but there's a time and a place. There's yeah. there's some yeah, guys yeah. that are working 70 hours a week and they've got dockets for every day, you know, and they're finishing at 7 o'clock at night sometimes or, you know, sometimes guys might go back and help with a little bit of a night shift. Don't don't jump on his tail about not doing his yeah. time. There's a and, and once again, what happens if they're having a breakup with their girlfriend, you know? Like mm. you've got to be careful if you're the D and you're going, you must do, you must do, because mm. you just disengage with that person. And yeah, yeah, and that's why it's good to have have awareness. So people. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. What what is the best work advice that you've ever heard? Um the best work advice. <laughs> I was just thinking of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gary Dawn and hurry the bloody hell up. <laughs> no, um, uh, what's the best work advice? Um, probably work hard and, and, and then there's a progression of that, which is work smart. Yeah. Um, probably probably work hard, you know, you've got a responsibility not only to yourself but, you know, to any 30-year-old surveyor out there or 25-year-old surveyor um, from every surveyor that's, you know, 15, 20 years older than you, you're going to have kids and it probably won't be your choice. You'll find this wonderful lady and she'll say to you, I don't want to have kids and then about three or four years' time she's going to change her mind. And she's going to say, I want to have kids. And, and even if it isn't kids, but just using that as an example, lo and behold, that wonderful lady says, well, my mum and dad live in, you know, um, Oatly. I'd like to live in Oatly. Oh, you need the money for that. <laughs> How much is that going to cost? Mm. And so, you know, there's, there's things to, um, yeah, it's, um, sorry, I forgot the question. What was the question again? No, it's. Best work advice. The best work advice. Work hard. I'm the one that usually forgets things when I'm talking. We're just or forgets my questions. Go off on a little bit of tangent. I'm glad someone else. I'm glad someone else did it, not me, for a change. All right. What what motivates you? Um, my team at TSS. Um, yes, I've got responsibilities with kids and whatnot, and yep. even some responsibilities for an ex-wife, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, but, but I've largely, you know, set up an environment for my kids, um, where they're, they're, you know, my kids are hundred percent, my older two kids are in boarding school in the city and, you know, my youngest one will be there next year. So I've done my, I've kind of done my fatherly duties. Yes, I still need to be around. Um, but, but I, I'm, I'm going to say my greatest motivation is TSS. I, I see some boys I see people do some magnificent things, magnificent yeah. efforts, mm -hmm. and it's just, and I work for a company that does what? We did that, and, and it's not only, you know, cool, you did that building or you, you did that road work, um, but it's, it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's actually the detail. When I understand the detail, cool, you know, we, we did the boomerang building at um, uh, Homebush, Beautiful building. 
But I went there and did some site set out on level three or something with with our guy that was on site. And, you know, he's having to check updated plans all the time before he does any set out because the plans were changing continuously. And I'm like, oh, my God, the stress of that, that you you calc it the day before or you have it set up and then you know that you've got to, you know, recalc things and, um, you know, uh, I think, and and just the things that we do, um, you know, we've we even bought a BLK the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Geez, I didn't realise they're seventy five thousand dollars. I knew that they were up there, but no uh, way. I know, um, but at the same time, they're magnificent because they're extremely helpful with stratas, um, uh-huh. and we've we've got a few of those on at the moment. Yeah. And and even that's exciting, like how good is it that I didn't know exactly how much it cost? Like, no, we, you know, our team thought that it was a good idea because we've got this and that and that and this on. And, you know, we've got a history of of proving decisions, you know, decisions being correct that I didn't necessarily have influence over. Yeah. That's magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. Can be scary at times, but it isn't scary because, you know, eighteen years on and we're still around. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's good. All right. What's your pet peeve? Pet peeve. Mm. Um. I don't know that I really. Probably ungrateful people. Okay, and yes. and it's people that don't have gratitude and sometimes that's a matter of maturity and you need to kind of let people go with their, with their thought process and to tell you the truth, they normally come around. But actually, people that don't show gratitude to other people within TSS, there you go. I didn't even know that that's my pet peeve. That... We've learned something today. That, that's awesome. That's a, you know, it's, it's when, when people within a team are difficult with each other yep. for selfish reasons, mm-hmm. that is my pet peeve. And, yep. and not that it happens all mm-hmm. the time, um, but I had an instance recently where, you know, someone on a, you know, a night out, wants to text somebody and say, oh, I want to get paid more money on the weekend. No. The level of selfishness there yeah. is just off the Richter scale. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, like I, like I say, um, you know, there's a level of maturity required there and that person will probably come around to understanding it mm-hmm. and it comes back to awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, imagine one of your teachers texting you on a Saturday night to say, uh, hey, I want more money. You know, your Saturday night, you're sitting there with your husband enjoying a red um, and it's, it's, there's a time and a place for things. So that's my pet peeve, but just selfishness within the, within the organisation. Doesn't happen very often. Doesn't happen very often. Um, but it's, but um but like I say, it's a, a level of maturity and, and I'm going to say, 
99.9% of people, you know, it's, it's, it's young people growing. Yeah. Like we're talking yeah. about a bit of travel. Yeah. Go and do a bit of travel. Why do you need to do a bit of travel? Because you think the world probably rolls around you and it doesn't. Mm, mm. And, you know, well done. You've got to go and feed yourself in some, you know, London backpacker's place and mum's not there to feed you. What are you going to do? Um, or you're in Laos, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So um, there you go. Yeah, you can't believe you did that, Peter. You <laughs> psychologist, you. <laughs> See, I'm good at my job, aren't I? <laughs> you are. I told you I make people talk i <laughs> know oh, and say things that they don't usually would talk didn't, about anyway didn't know no there you go um how do you relax um it's not too much that gets me worked up <laughs> because i'm kind of getting that because even when things are like i kind of said before even when things are imperfect they're perfect mm. because that's what it was. Is Chris's thing on his wall is is I I never lose. I either win or learn. Ah, and so good. You either you either win or you learn, and and whatever winning is. But but I don't I don't probably when probably you know you've hit a chord now. Probably that selfishness stresses me out. Um, <laughs> yep. because because it it ruptures it does it ruptures the culture. Oh yeah, big time. You know and. Yeah, and you don't, you know, because you don't want, you know, someone that was authorized to accept that, um, you know, request. You want them to enjoy where they're working, and then that yeah. person that's, yep. you know, sent that out, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a, it ruptures the culture, yeah. and we've yeah. got a fantastic culture at TSS, and. Um, Yeah, nothing, nothing necessarily stresses me out. I've been through divorce, geez. <laughs> you know, I've got three kids, um, you know, I, and, you know, I've left my family when they all moved to Perth. I've, you know, and been happy to live on the other side of the country, you know, three months after I finished year 12 and, you know, never, ever have any desires to go back and live with them. And do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, um, I get you. Yeah, not 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 too much. There's, you know, yeah, there's not too much that. Yeah, because you're you're just always relaxed. That's fine. My thirteen-year-old daughter. There you go. <laughs> She's she um yes she stresses me out sometimes. <laughs> That's just girls, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I've got boys. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your guilty pleasure then? What's my guilty pleasure? I actually don't really. Oh, there's no, got to be something. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, you know, cream buns from the from the cow or a bakery. I remember, but I don't, <laughs> don't really. Well, Dylan had sneaky sausage rolls. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, you know what, I don't really have a, a um, you know, like most males, I don't mind having a, having a beer and, um, and you know what, I love playing AFL. I still play AFL. I'm 46 mm -hmm. and I'll probably still be playing when I'm 66. You know what, 
I like jumping on a plane and going down to Melbourne to watch, you know, Melbourne Demons play. God forbid they're winning these days. That's been a long time. So I don't, you know, probably that's my guilty pleasure. Yeah. And yep. and what I what I like when I go down to the MCG, I go into the corporates. It's probably my guilty pleasure. And, you know, we we sponsor the Aboriginal players and, you know, Toby, my nephew, plays there. We okay. um, sponsor Cozzy Pickett. And that's probably my guilty pleasure is, is um, but, you know, you yeah. That's, not, not everyone gets to do that. So. That's yeah, that's probably my guilty pleasure. Cool. I'll take that one. I'll take <laughs> that one. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door? Um, <laughs> probably need the get out of jail card because I bend the rules a bit too much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the key, yeah, um, the key opens up possibilities. Probably the get, probably the get out of jail card. <laughs> we're only laughing. We're only laughing about this. Um, I don't know. Uh, we we're talking about Christmas parties, and now that you know we've grown to this size, it's you know, you need to be tame, but years, <laughs> yeah. gone, years gone by, um, you know, when we were smaller, it, it mm-hmm. would be um, probably needed that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure there's some stories to tell there. <laughs> yeah. Right, if, if you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it, jump over it or jump in it? Um. Depends if my 11-year-old son's around, I'd jump in it because I'd have to beat him to do it because he'll be trying <laughs> to splash me and I'll splash him. So, no, I'd, you know, yeah, probably jump in it, yeah. No, I'm a jump <laughs> in it kind of girl. All right, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, if I had a superpower, what it, would it be? Fly around in a cloud? I used to watch Monkey Magic. Oh! I, was a, I was a Monkey Magic kid. Yep. An Astro Boy. Um, growing uh-huh. up in growing up in um, Tennant Creek, we only had one, you know, run one TV station. Okay. That was ABC, and we used to have, you know, Inspector Gadget and Banana Man. But yeah, if I could Man. fly How around, can you remember cloud, all of those? <laughs> oh, they're etched in my uh, in my memory. So if I could have a have a uh, what did he have? A big stick and a cloud. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, and those sideies, those long sideies. <laughs> Too funny. Monkey magic. Oh, god, that brings back some brings back memories. <laughs> oh, all right. If you're at a party, where would someone find you? Um, probably on the dance floor near the DJ requesting songs. Nice. <laughs> nice. We, and I think that's yeah. <laughs> Which is why you need that get out of jail card. <laughs> Which is why <laughs> um if you had if you would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? Absolutely. Nice. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of questions for you too before we go. Oh, okay. Shall we do our quick shots or you want to ask me questions first? Um, all right. What's your, I'll ask you to, what's your favourite thing at the moment? Oh. Mostly around surveying and work. 
Okay. Um, well, it's kind of a bit difficult because I have a couple of things because where the position I'm in now, um, I'm getting to um, speak to lots more surveyors again and get back into the industry, uh, meet more surveyors, things like that, find out what they are wanting for the academy, what, you know, because I'm building the surveying academy for industry by industry, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've got my ideas, but then going out and speaking to people and getting up and presenting on stage again and all that kind of stuff, I really enjoy doing that. Um, and then I've also got this, my podcast, um, and I've met some amazing people all over the world in doing this. Um, I'm, I'm big on social media, so I've met friends through that and I get to do I get to do other stuff for other people and their podcasts and create artwork for them. And I'm very artistic and I just love to do all that sort of stuff as well. So, and it's all surveying related. And thank you for doing that for our, thank you for doing that for our industry. You're welcome. I get to speak to cool people like you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And what's your biggest challenge at the moment? Uh, my biggest challenge is ensuring that I get, once again, I've probably got a couple, but it all really does relate to the academy. Um, I'm not, we're not doing it all on our own. We have to rely on external, external people, um, external stakeholders, and I have no control over that. So um, things don't run how I want them to because there's other factors involved and I, I have no control and it's really frustrating because there's so many people that are looking forward to the academy and, you know, are kind of holding off on their education because they're waiting for this to happen and I'm in limbo. So that's probably my biggest one. Cool. And, and so, yeah, thank you for telling us that. And we don't necessarily know that and you just let us all know and some people listening will be able to help and mm -hmm. some people won't. No. That's right. So and that's why those two questions are really, really good. And mm -hmm. because you're in the position you are, but imagine as a owner, if we asked one of our, or, you know, as a leader in a team, even not a leader in our team, if we're just a co-worker and we ask somebody of that, um, you know, there's someone says they're having problems with a girlfriend. Cool. Hey, do you want me to work a couple of 12-hour days, mate? And you work a couple of, you know, eight-hour, six-hour days and take her out mm. to breakfast or something, you know. How did you know that? You ask the two questions, what's your favourite thing at the moment, what's your biggest challenge? And then, yeah, great and then out of – sorry? Great questions. Yeah, then out of mm. that became an awareness about, you know, the guy sitting two seats away or blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. um, so it's a, good, a good, uh, good thing. So, all right, yeah, let's get into those um, quick-fire questions. All right. Okay, so – Hot, cold, yes, no. I'll give you two things and you tell me what you, what's your favourite? Coffee or tea? 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few. Some just go bang, it's one or the other, and some go, oh, I don't know. Uh, cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? 50-50. It's a hard one. Yeah, yeah I always like say sunset because... I'm not awake early very often. <laughs> so I've got a perfect sunset 
every afternoon oh, out yeah, over would. the mountains from my place of mm-hmm. Cup Lake is at Camden. And But then the photo of the week that the boys send with sunrises and they've got a crane in the background and it's, mm-hmm. they're just out of this world. They are. So, yeah. I, I was driving home. I stayed at, I went, drove down to Berry on Sunday, stayed at a friend's place and then got up really, really early to come home on Monday to go to work. And I'm driving along um, down near Jaroa and I could just see the clouds and the light coming through the clouds. And I love photography and I had my cameras and everything in the back of the car and I just kind of went, oh, train strike, not going to have to go to work anyway. As long as I'm home for my 8.30 meeting, I'm good. Detour and took so many photos of the sun sunrise. It was just beautiful. It's like, oh, I wish I could get up early. <laughs> I need to train Good myself, stuff. don't I? Anyway, summer. Flexibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Summer or winter? Oh, summer every day. <laughs> I'm from the Northern Territory. I know. Why is it not 40 degrees every day? Oh, God, thank God it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Uh, I love them mostly because I do them with my kids and they love scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, three items that you would take to a desert island. Three yeah. items. Um, oh. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A... Um, a footy, we've been talking about AFL. Yep. <laughs> um, kick the ball to myself. Um, uh, you could call it Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi <No>. and a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Our favourite song or artist? <clears throat> oh, Bon Scott, I listen to early ACDC. Um, uh, just good good cruisy kind of music, but I'm uh, being a bit of a go-getter. I'm a Armin Van Buren, give me a bit of electronic music as well. That's oh, okay. 50-50 there. Yep. Um, favourite movie? Favourite movie? Oh, that's, a, that's a hard one. Like, no, no, Dumb and Dumber. Those kind of <laughs> oh, Dumb and Dumber kind of movies. Because right. I asked Step- the question, which I never ever put into my pod- podcast, is who, who would play you in... <laughs> in the <laughs> of your life and you did say Jim Carrey Dumb and Dumb Step Brothers um, oh yeah. yeah all the stupid comedy ones all the silly stuff <laughs> yeah um, favourite book favourite book um, for me I remember reading, I like to read, I've read a few autobiographies mm-hmm. and I, A Fortunate Life um, was a fairly inspiring one. Okay. Um, I'm probably more of a, or, like I listen to a lot of audio books these days oh, yeah. and even summaries of audio books. Mm. Um, but I like the biographies and the autobiographies. I haven't really got into, um, you know, Non uh, like fictions mm. and, and whatnot. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Mm-hmm. Is your glass half full or half empty? Oh, it's always half full. <laughs> Almost <Not> full. 
one thing that you'd never do again? Um, one thing that I'd never do again. Um, don't no, I can't think no. of. Yeah, can't no. think of everything now. Yeah. I'm. I'm I'm comfortable with yeah most things, so I can't. Some people come in think... straight away with something, and others yeah. go, no. I was gonna say marriage, and then I was like, no. no, no. But you know what I mean? Like some people that have gone through bad situations, yeah. which mine hasn't been too good um, at the end. But but you know you get great kids and yeah and, exactly. And it was it was good it was good while it lasted. Mm. Um, so no, I oh, just thinking maybe someone might chuck something out like that. No, <laughs> I there's. Um, no, there's nothing, nothing. Yeah, that's all right. If you had a warning label, what would it be? A warning label. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't think there's anything to be, yeah, I don't think there's anything to be warned about with me, no. I'm going to have to to some of your co-workers. <laughs> Warning, don't tell me everything. There you go. Yeah. Coming back to what we were talking about. Don't tell Mick everything. And 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 it's for his own good. Yeah. And yours. Uh, who knows you best? Um oh, you know, you're probably your mum. Um, but you know, Chris Donovan and I've, you know, worked together now for 15 years, so he's got a pretty good handle on me. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, my best mate, Dan, that I went through, you know, TAFE with, um, knows me pretty well, yeah. Mm. But you know what the other thing is? This is where sport's important. You know, you play sport with people. They get to see what you like. So probably all the guys I play footy with mm. know me pretty well. Yeah. Favorite subject in school? Uh, oh, is it tie between maths and geography? Just give me one answer, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first. You're not the first. I just find it funny. Favorite childhood memory? Favorite childhood memory? Riding through the scrub. Mm-hmm on a push bike with a couple of mates out the back of Tennant Creek. Nice. Going to Mataranka as well. We um, I didn't grow up um, very well off and we caught the bus uh, quite a lot of times, changing schools as we talked about at the beginning. Yep, yep. And we used to catch the bus from Tennant Creek to Darwin and it was like a, I don't know, um, I remember it used to pick you up at about 12 o'clock at night at Tennant Creek. And then uh, usually about six o'clock in the morning, you'd arrive at Mataranka. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's been to Mataranka, it's it's one of those heaven on earth places. Oh, really? And so we'd go there and you'd have toasted ham and cheese um, sandwiches for breakfast and you'd go down and you'd have a morning swim, a uh, quick dip in the in the water while the bus stopped there for an hour while you had you were supposed to have breakfast and you'd... And so there are um, uh, mineral springs... And oh, uh, nice. and it's it's about an hour south of Catherine. Okay. Um. So yeah. So probably um. Yeah, they're my two early mm. early memories. Oh, nice. Favorite food. 
Favorite food? Um, going through a bit of a Mexican stage at the at the moment. Yeah, that's good. Favorite drink? Uh, Han Super Dry. <laughs> Very specific there. Yeah. <laughs> Not just beer. <laughs> yeah. Win the lottery or or the perfect job? Perfect job. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest fear? Um. Biggest fear. Um, biggest fear. Not something you Not think too about sure very on often, that. is it? No. No. <laughs> um, I don't. Don't. There's not a lot that I. I don't know. Things go wrong, and I don't know. I think. I think, look, being being part of a TSS for so long, and you know, going through the trials and tribulations, you 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 kind of you 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 come to to be to be easy at things going, mm. not necessarily. Yeah. yeah, I've been, you know, gone through separation and whatnot, and and I've been comfortable with that. So yeah, no, I yeah. don't. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. Right. It's probably not a bad way to be. Favorite sport. <laughs> Uh, um, let me think. Uh, look, uh, look, you know, growing up in the Northern Territory, it's there's a focus on AFL, and uh, yeah, I'll. I'll uh, so, yeah. why soccer then? Uh because just being at the time being in Wagga, and then I had mates that were playing okay. playing soccer. Yeah, um, okay. played AFL for the school. Um, you know, reasonably successfully, but you know, once you once you get into you know, year eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, it's your mum and dad normally say one sport, one son. sport, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, you had mates um, playing soccer, so yeah, that's yeah. that went down that path. Fair enough, fair enough. You're a morning or a night person? Oh, 50 50. I, I, <laughs> I've spent, I think, earlier. You know, we did bigger bypass. Uh, that's probably mm. about ten years ago now, and I spent nine months, you know, going down there three, four days a week, um, and that was leaving here at one thirty in the morning to beat all the grey nomads, the roadworks, the tractors. You know, if I left it, it was two... a horrible drive down there ten years ago. <laughs> and and it, it, it no, well, like without that traffic, it yes. was absolutely it was stunning. good. Yeah. Yeah. So morning, I, I, like I did that, and I didn't mind it. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, you know, I put a bit of music on, and uh, you know, and, and you start working. Next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and it's yep. like oh, I've got to do this, 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 and it's like, geez, I really should go to bed. So yeah, I, I like both. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, proudest moment. Uh, proudest moment. I think it's um, you know, seeing your kids, seeing your kids grow up, um, and and once again, seeing the awesome things that we do at TSS. Yep. Um, it, it, you know, and 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 seeing adversity that comes to teams and it might be because somebody left 
and um, watching watching the uh, watching the team grow. Actually, here's one for you. We had, um, you know, we had uh, a guy Paul Linton working for us. Absolute yep. legend. We still keep in touch. Good guy. Um, know that he worked, name. Uh, he's, he's the boss at Land Surveys. Um, he oh, was working okay. with us yep. probably six years ago. I think it was maybe five years ago. Um, Paul had worked with us for probably three years and Paul left. And he was, you know, essentially running our company. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we essentially, you know, sat around and it was, you know, Chris, Gary, um, myself, um, another guy, Alex Ramsey, um, who's gone back to New Zealand and was like, oh, crap. <laughs> what are we going to do? And, you know, um, you know, and it's one of those moments you go, we're going to keep shooting for the stars. And that's all good and well to have that confidence, Michael, and that, and that plan, um, you know, but is that the reality? Is that what we're going to do? Or is that just your ego talking? And, uh, and so it, that, I'm going to say that's been one of my proudest moments because as a, as a company, and let it be even us as a group of four, we, we kind of believed in each other. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we, you know, we did little things. Yeah. And, and eventually, you know, eventually we got over it and, and we, um, you know, uh, you know, Bill, Bill Hamer ended up coming on board um, shortly after that. Um, maybe 12 months after that and, and uh, you know, significantly, significantly con contributed. And so, uh, and so then the, the really good thing about those four guys rising is the guys underneath them needed to rise and they did. Yeah. And so yeah, it was just that's... positive on positive on positive. Yeah, nice. Um, and so, we, you know, we've got a team at the moment that's, you know, just lost a, a you know, a significant person. And, you know, you watch them struggle uh, or you watch them kind of struggle with it emotionally, like, hang on a second, this has been a key guy within our team and he's left. And, you know, these are predominantly younger guys, young, younger, they're a younger group. And, uh, you know, and I get the opportunity to talk to them and go, listen, you guys have got this. If you think about the task as a whole, you'll stress yourself out. Yes. And your mind will go boom. Yep. But if we just go task by task, and what we'll do is we're not going to have high expectations, but we will in about two months' time yep. just to understand the reality of it. Yep. And, and they have been absolutely magnificent. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, so there's, there's, a one, yeah. there's a few like that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to see young people that, you know, kind of doubt themselves or, you know, don't necessarily know what's possible and then to watch them go through the process. That's, mm. that's a humbling experience. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Nice. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cool are you? <laughs> you ask my, if you ask my kids, um, probably about a 2. And I'm a two because I know Polo G songs and and um, Da Baby and whoever else my my kids sing and they just 
they they play and they tell me, Dad, Dad, stop it. And I've I haven't I haven't got any glasses here, but I've I've just started wearing glasses and they go, Dad, take them off. You look really old. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, Okay, so that's the kids saying you're a two. What do uh, you think? You know what I think when, when you get to when you get to our age, like oh sorry, I don't know how old you are, but once you get to 46, it's um I don't know, it's you know, I'm not running around on a skateboard or do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, I'm on a scale of um, I don't know, probably six. Oh you're boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you might I'm need to 49 and I'm freaking over 10. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be. <laughs> but I'll still need my get out of jail card. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> Dream car. Dream car. Uh, probably the top of the line Tesla. Ooh. The um, the ludicrous mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mean to be boring again. I'm just bringing up that word. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, I don't always You're not like a big car person. I'm not a, like I've I've That's got a really nice car. I've got a Land Rover Sport. You know, it's four years old and it, you know, didn't cost two hundred thousand like the new ones cost. It was half that, and it's a nice car to drive, but um, it's not. You know, I've driven around in V. I had a VS Commodore U until about. 2011 or 2010 so for the first you know five years of business so I drove around a VS Commodore Ute and was completely happy and yep. you know buy guys new rodeos and whatnot and so now I'm not a big not a you know it's good to have little bits and pieces but um I've got a I've got a Harley fat boy that's pretty cool so nice. what's your favorite color uh royal blue blue CSS colors and the the blue of Melbourne Demons. <laughs> Are you Apple or Android? Oh, Apple. And lastly, what's your star sign? Sagittarius. Are you? Yeah. So December? Fire, uh, the 25th of November. November. Fire sign. Let's go. Mm. Chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. That's it. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. Not a problem. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Mick today. Stay tuned in a fortnight when I speak to Thomas Hebert, paleontologist, director and founder of Earth Sciences Foundation Incorporated. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Peter Cox.